Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's episode nine of the Sample Chapter Podcast, and my name is Jason A. Meiske, thriller author, and man, what a week it's been. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, everybody. Our ratings have finally hit the the minimum threshold that you have to hit in order for the ratings to be exposed to the public. So we crossed that threshold this week. Uh, so far, we have a perfect score of five stars. You know, I'm I'm just I'm just here trying to put together a show that is enjoyable, something that people are going to like, and to see that just warms my heart. And I just want to thank you guys. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate that you come back every week and that you subscribe. Yeah, thank you. Uh, tell your friends about us. Share it with your friends. Uh, send them over to the show and uh, you know, ask them to rate us as well. That's how the show is going to continue to grow. That's how we're going to get the word out. And that's it's uh, because of people like you that uh, we're doing as well as we are. So thank you once more. Uh, we do want to make an announcement that we have now. The show is now gone up on Stitcher. So if you are unavailable, or if you know somebody, obviously you're listening to it, but if you know somebody who can't get the show uh, on iTunes or Google, they can now download the Stitcher app. It's an online radio is what it is, and they can download it from there. You can just search on there for Sample Chapter Podcast, click the button to subscribe to it, and you're off and running. It'll download the episodes automatically. I tried it this past week with uh, with my episode with Ryan Pelton uh, from last week, and it downloaded perfectly. So that's uh, that's another thing out there. Of course, like I said, we are available on all the other fine podcast providers: iTunes, Google Home, <laughs> Google Home, Google Play, and all these others. I say Google Home because I looked right at mine. I have a mini right here in the office. Uh, I can't say that catchphrase, or it's going to pop up. So. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll do that one of these days on the episode. We'll see. Anyway, thank you so much to Podcast Garden. Uh, they are the host, web host for our show. And uh, they are another opportunity for people who, if you can't download the show in any other way, you can go there and stream the show live. Or yeah, just stream it from the website. Uh, Podcast Garden is a fantastic place to find other shows. doesn't have to be like mine. It can be other things. There's uh, a couple of guys in a basement getting together talking about all kinds of things. There's a couple of other guys getting together to talk movies. There's a ton of different shows out there. So you can go check out Podcast Garden for to find something else. You can also go to Podcast Garden if you feel like you want to start your own show. And uh, they will let you do so for free. So it's an awesome thing to do. I want to give a... a very special thank you to my benefactor that provided with me a brand new microphone this past week. Uh, my day job. If you are in the need of self-storage anywhere in the southwest area of, of Missouri, you store all of Warrensburg would be the place to go. The owner and manager of the place are friends and they wanted to provide me with a new microphone. So I'm sitting here talking to you right now with this wonderful blue snowball microphone and man i love this thing it is so cool if you don't know them you know go by ustorel and you can check them out uh, for self-storage gilbert and mike powers are the uh, owner and manager of the facility and they're the ones who picked up this microphone for me and i just want to give them a great big thank you you know this is this is awesome i love it don't forget that we are available on facebook 
we share information every week. The the new episodes, we share information about the books that the authors are talking about. Over the weekends, we try and do little snippets or teasers, I guess, if you will. Uh, maybe somebody who's going to come out soon. And then I do little pictures in between whenever I get a chance to. I actually shared a photo this week of me recording my latest episode on the Snowball microphone. So I shared a photo of that. You can see that up on the Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash samplechapterpodcast. Uh, make sure you like the page so you can be updated on all these wonderful things that we got going on and uh, click the links and follow along with authors that are coming along. You can also email me or message me from Facebook. Let me know if if you want to come on the show or you are a published author and you're interested in coming on the show or if you have a, have a friend, if you know somebody, if you have a dream author you know i i don't at this point i'm not even i don't even care anymore you know is hey if somebody out there knows ernest klein get him on over here tell him jason wants to talk to him but but if you're not ernest klein if you're not stephen king if you are somebody who just put out a first book and you live in you know small town america it would be my pleasure to talk to you on the show and talk about your book and see what little i can do to help you out you can also email us at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. So, hey, uh, today I'm going I'm to take just a minute and talk to you about uh, making sure that you are supporting your local bookstores. Yes, there are always the uh, the big chains, the Barnes & Nobles and such that are out there. You know, I specifically want to make sure that you, you're going by your local bookstore. You know, here in my area, we have a Reader's World, and they are a fantastic place to visit. They, they do have a local author section. And the nice thing is, is this isn't a specific genre. The local author is the genre. So you find this bookshelf and up above there's a sign that says local authors. You know, now you, you got, there's mystery, there's children's books, there's science fiction, there's all kinds of stuff right there in one area. If you don't find a book that you want, most of our, I'd, I'd say all of our authors who have been on the show to this point have you know physical books can be ordered by the bookstores say you have a specific author you want to support that's an independent one then you and some friends get together go to the bookstore you don't have to go all go together you can go at different times but uh, all of you go in there and make sure that you request that author and that book they can order copies of it for you and if a bookstore gets enough requests they will order a supply and what that means is not just you, not just your friends, but other people have an opportunity now that maybe they don't know this show. Maybe they don't know about that person. But now, if they come into the bookstore, there's a chance they may come across that book. And you've now introduced that book to another person out there. So, you know, just this is my little outreach to little authors all over the place, little bookstores. You know, I still remember going into the bookstores as a kid. Couldn't find a certain book, so I would request it. He'd pull out this great big uh, catalog and go through, okay, yep, I can get you one ordered, and it's going to cost this much, and it'll be here in, <laughs> I think back in those days, it was, uh, it'll be here in three to four weeks, something like that. And I remember checking back every day. But uh, anyway, that that's just my little soapbox today. Uh, you know, make sure and go out and support the, the local stores. Yes, most of the authors on our show have ebooks, and that is a wonderful service, and that's fantastic. It makes it so easy, but you know, holding a physical book in your hand is still something that is—it's that that physical feel, holding that in your hands and putting it on your bookshelf and saying, "Yep, I read that book." 
you know that's that's just that's just one of those things that's never going to go away i think Anyway, let's get on over to talking about our guest today. Our guest is none other than Martha Carr. Martha is a former journalist and columnist. She now writes in the Orison universe with Michael Anderley, our guest from a couple weeks ago, You heard if you heard him on the show. But today we're talking with Martha Carr. She currently has seven series of her own. Now, she had some books that came out before the Orison, uh, her own thriller books, uh, she talks, you know, briefly about that in the interview, but, uh, she's got seven series altogether with another, uh, soon to be 10 series in all. And you're going to hear about this too. She and Michael are putting together a 40 hour audible collection, 40 hours. Holy cow. That's, that's going to be awesome. That, that's going to take some time to listen to, you know, her first book in the Orisaren series, Waking Magic. The Revelations of Orisaren, The Lyric Chronicles, Book 1. That book currently sits in the top 100. Um, well, honestly, you know, I was looking, looking at that. She's regularly in the top 100. Currently, she's sitting in the top 60 in the categories of fantasy, mythology, and magical realism. And that's that, that book I just mentioned, Waking Magic. Uh, so that's just book one out of, oh my gosh, uh, I don't have my note here on how many books that it is altogether, but... That's awesome. You know, how cool is that? Uh, we get a chance to talk to an author who's doing that well, who has books that are in the, the top 60 in those categories. Man, this is, this is cool. This is How cool is this, right? The Waking Magic follows along with uh, Lyra and, <laughs> and her little troll friend, Y. Tiberius Troll, or YTT. Now, the Y is short for something. And... I, you know, you're going to have to go pick up the story to find out what his first name is, because it's, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's a blue name. We'll put it that way. Anyway, but you know, I'm, I'm just kind of rambling here. I'm just having fun with my new microphone. So how about I get us on over to our interview with Martha Carr and I'll talk to you after the show. Welcome, everybody. It's another episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast, and today I'm here with Martha Carr. Martha, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's gl I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm really happy to have you here. Uh, are you doing well tonight? I'm, yeah, I'm doing great. It's, um, it's Wednesday, uh, uh, hump day, all is well. <laughs> That's great. Tell the, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Who are you? So I'm an old journalist um, because I started back when uh, people really read newspapers and I used to be a stringer for the Washington Post and then I was a syndicated nationally syndicated columnist for a while and um, my dream was always to write novels which I did all along and was traditionally published and had an agent but that side really didn't take off until I met Michael Anderley. Mm. Yeah, you. Uh, I was looking through your your uh, lists recently at uh, all the books. You got quite the collection together. I do. That's the Orisarin universe, and there are five authors in there so far. And there's two more. Actually, excuse me. There's three more coming because I just my, Mr. Michael Anderley is going to do his only his second series since Cretharian Gambit that's just got his name on it, The Unbelievable Mr. Brownstone, which comes out in April in Orisarin. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. This, 
It should be exciting because, I mean, you know, think about it. Cretherian has been everything, and now there's going to be a second urban fantasy, and it looks like it's going to be kick-ass, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Well, uh, so what uh, what motivates you? What What's some of your motivation behind some of your either – well, I guess, first of all, what motivates you to read a book when you find something that you want to read? What, uh, what are you looking for? I'm looking for um, some action. I like a, you know, a good story that, and if I can't see it coming, and, but it all fits together, then I am so happy about that. And I also really like stories that are character driven where I can really get to know the characters and where the characters are not whiners and... They, they always look for the solution. I try to, I bring that too to the writing that I do where they're not going to stand around with a lot of angst and worry. And can we do this? There's more, I like books where there's more of an attitude of a solution is out there and we're going to go find it. Oh, okay. And does that, uh, do you kind of take that with you into your books? I absolutely do. And readers really respond to that too. I think that you walk away with a different feeling. You know, we read for entertainment, especially urban fantasy. You're purely reading for entertainment. And if you can walk away feeling like you, you, you read a really good, fun, fast story and like, okay, there's a solution to things. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also a lot of the fans that at least that write to me are veterans. And I think that that's a uh, military kind of mindset is uh, you don't stand around and whine in the military. You look for the solution. Yep. Absolutely. And, absolutely. And uh, also I like the idea too, that um, the characters all will stick up for each other and will naturally want to help each other out. I mean, there's a lot of fun teasing back and forth and, and there's darkness, some darkness because it's not a, really much of a story without that. But, you know, the main character, Lyra Behrens in the Lyra Chronicles, she is loyal to a fault and will run into things um, and ask questions later. And I like that. Yeah, well, I, li I like that too. Now, I, w I was reading a little bit from P-Brain's idea. Now that was, what was that, about a year ago? Was yeah. Yeah, that's a fun little story. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, you had, uh, it was called uh, Bubble Magic. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I really like, I may someday make that into an entire series. Um, right now, I've got all I can do with Orsaren. But it's the <laughs> idea that Earth is a ship and um, an organic ship. And it got, it broke down and got stuck in orbit around the sun and couldn't get out because it, it holds so many possibilities too. If it's a ship and everything on its cargo, where did everything come from? And are there more of everything? And also inside the world are these magical beings who can change shape and use bubbles to do it. And we don't know that, but they're, they're right under us the whole time. I just think that's funny and fun. <laughs> that is a lot of fun. Now we were talking before we uh, before we started the show. You are you're working on a lot of series. You had looks like you have some from before Michael really, and then uh, and now you've got a few that you're going on. Do you know how many series you have going? There are seven series going. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and there'll be ten shortly. <laughs> and uh, actually, Michael and I are doing one fun off the cuff thing is we have so I did I used to be a thriller writer till I ran into Michael <laughs> and I have this series the Wallace Jones series but we're bringing it out uh the audible as one 
package. So it'll be 40 hours of Audible that you can buy, or if you're in the program, that you can listen to all in one. It's one long half a million word story. And it's really a fun story. And I'm kind of looking forward to this weird packaging we're about to do. Oh, wow. That, that sounds awesome. Michael's full of ideas and mm-hmm. uh, he's fun to work with. Yeah, that's great. So now I, I guess that kind of leads into then uh, what uh, what do you have coming up? What are you working on right now? So I am on book eight of the Lyra Chronicles, Guardians of Magic, and it'll be out April 2nd. And there's also another series that comes out in May called The School of Necessary Magic. And that will be urban fantasy as well in Orsaren and will be more YA. It's kind of like our idea of Harry Potter done our way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you'll see some of the same characters from the Lyra Chronicles carried over into the School of Necessary Magic. And the Lyra Chronicles are going to take a turn after book eight, too, and grow into something. So I'm kind of excited. <laughs> this is this is just really, really cool. I, I was fascinated. Yeah, I got to talk to Michael a couple weeks ago and then now talking with you and you're involved in this. And, and you know, and I got some other ones coming up here with uh, some other authors within this. But it's, it's quite the family tree. I guess sure way is. Put it. Yeah. the way it's branching out. And this is just amazing. Uh, I mean, this is really something to be a part of. This is, this is really cool. It's like an anthill. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you can't see, readers and actually other writers cannot see how much of a back office there is of support that goes along with writing with Michael that is what attracts me so much to it. And I come from traditional publishing but the the financial arrangement here and the speed with which decisions can be made and how much autonomy I still have is totally different. So to me, it's a hybrid and the best of both worlds. Hmm. And and you're uh, let me see. So and you've got a couple of genres covered in just on your own with your some YA the thriller aspect. Uh, there- Yes. The, well, the thrillers uh, in the past, but we're going to do this thing okay. with Audible. And the others, yeah, we're in fantasy and urban fantasy, and it all is within uh, Orisarin. And Orisarin is this story about the Earth and Orisarin. Every 25,800 years, the, they align and these gates open, and the magic from Orisarin pours into Earth. And it's done it before, and we used actual history, like this is the really the way the pyramids were built, because there are actually people and sane people mm-hmm. who believe the pyramids will, were built long before they were actually recorded as. And so that's the idea we started with. And then we broke it down to this smaller story where uh, this elven prince on Orisarin was murdered, but they needed a human to help them. And they went and got this female detective, Lyra Behrens, to help them. So she's minding her own business, and suddenly she's pulled through to another world. But it mostly takes place in Austin, Texas. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I saw recently, well, maybe not that recent, but uh, yeah, where they, uh, the pyramids, they found out that there's some voids in there that they didn't know about before. I wonder if that has anything to do with Orisarin. Uh, I would believe it does. <laughs> uh, so what are we going to be hearing from you today? So I'm going to read the first chapter of Waking Magic, which is the first book. These are books that are meant to be read in order. And so it's easier so that it makes sense to everybody to start with the beginning. And also, one thing I'll mention too is Michael had said, uh, we need a sidekick. And um, he suggested a troll. So I ran with that. (laughs) 
And then I thought it was funny. The main character, Lyra Baron, swears a lot. Mm. And so the troll learns to swear. And we ended up naming the troll Yumfuck Tiberius Troll. And he is by and far everyone's favorite character. And uh, he even has his own Facebook page. <laughs> because I made a joke in one of the books. And then everybody wrote to me saying, where's the Facebook page? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. He's, on, he's, on a, he's on a mug too, isn't he? He is on a mug. He's on a lot of things. He'll be on t-shirts soon too. We're going to do a contest next week and give away some, some YTT swag. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. I'll have to make sure and uh, I had to put a link on the, on the show when it comes out. So. Sure. I'll make sure you, yeah, I'll make sure you have it. Cause people uh, love YTT. They love him. And Michael even wrote after Viking magic, he wrote a little piece that says uh, the troll owns us. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, Martha, this has been a lot of fun. I, I really yeah. enjoyed talking to you and uh, I look forward to doing it again sometime. Could I get you to come back on for another absolutely. book? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so easy to talk to you. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what we're getting ready to hear then, uh, Martha Carr and Waking Magic. And uh, I think I'm just talking, so let me get out of the way. <laughs> and Martha, it's, uh, it's over to you. Thank you very much. Okay, so this is chapter one of Waking Magic from the Lyra Chronicles. Detective Lyra Behrens was getting impatient. Murder suspects shouldn't get to call the shots. You're going to need to come out sometime, Arthur, Lyra yelled from where she stood in the weed-filled postage stamp of a front yard. She was giving the suspect five minutes to think it over, but then she was going in and getting him. The five minutes was just to make her captain happy. Happy captain, happy life. Fuck, Arthur, it's us or the Mexican federales, she yelled, squinting into the hot Texas sun as she tried to persuade him. I hear our hospitality is better. She turned back to looking at the house. It's not going to be pretty if we come in there. He's coming out, said her partner, Detective Felix Hagen. He's out of options. We're the only ones who won't shoot him. He looked around at the neighborhood. Or worse. Arthur was a punk kid in a local upstart gang trying to take over territory in Austin. He had killed a man in a Tijuana bar fight. Normally, not an Austin problem. Tough luck that the dead guy was a member of the Latin Kings. Even worse luck when the Kings picked up Arthur's best friend, who quickly told them every secret, including a few about Arthur. They had cornered Arthur in a biker bar on South Lamar, and Arthur chose to shoot his way out of there. A kid, fresh out of college, not much younger than Lyra, took a bullet to his neck. Unintended consequences. He bled out in a minute, making Arthur an Austin PD problem. Now, everyone was looking for Arthur. Lyra glanced down at her watch. The face of the watch shimmered and blurred for a moment. Gold sparks shot out in every direction. She froze, staring at her watch. Shit, she whispered looking around quickly before looking back at her watch. Not again. Two days of watching things lose their shape and glow like the 4th of July had her unnerved. Too young for a stroke, or at least she hoped so. Worse idea, she was going crazy like mother, Erica Behrens. She was sent off to the padded rooms at 32 when Lyra was just 10 years old for talking about entire worlds that no one could see. Lyra shook her head and looked again. The dial of the watch cleared. Let it go. One more minute. You getting antsy? Youth, said her partner with a snort of laughter. Lyra glanced at him and back at the rundown bungalow. She was giving him the look he had nicknamed the dead fish the first week they rode together. Lyra thought of it as more of a blank stare. Don't be an asshole, Felix, just because I can still see my shoes. Old age is making you cranky. 
She said it matter-of-factly. That would bother me more if you were wearing grown-up shoes, he said, smirking at her Merrill Vapor blue and orange thin-soled running shoes. It was the most expensive thing she ever wore. Somebody's got to be able to run after the bad guy, she told him, not looking in Hagen's direction. He let out a laugh. He liked his young partner, even if she was impossible to read. Frankly, he saw it as one of her better qualities, even if he could never tell if she was trying to make a joke or just stating the obvious. It didn't take him long to also realize Lyra didn't like chit-chat and never hesitated to shoot. More reasons to like her. She wasn't much to look at despite the curves and skinny pants she favored and flawless ivory skin with a face framed by thick, short, dark hair that curled around her face. Men did occasionally try asking her out when she was at the University of Texas, but no one ever got her way out of looking at the world. She liked being able to reason things out and leave feelings out of it. Life was a lot easier that way. But not being willing to tell a guy what he wanted to hear accomplished jack shit for her dating profile. Damn house looks like it's being held together by the paint chips, she said, still aiming her semi-40 at the front door. Okay, enough of this, she griped, taking the front steps two at a time. Arthur shouldn't get to eat his last meal as a free idiot in peace. I'll make sure to tell the captain you pause before doing your usual foot through the front door, said Hagen, following her up the stairs, his 45 raised as he quickly scanned left to right. Lyra turned, her back to the door, and kicked backward, splintering the old wood as the door swung open, banging against the wall. She swiveled and whispered, going left. Hagen nodded, slipping down the narrow hallway to the right toward the bedrooms. Clear, Lyra called out from the kitchen, looking out toward the back porch. A plate of half-eaten mac and cheese was on the kitchen table. Lyra kicked a fork, making it slide across the floor. Arthur, your last meal was powdered orange cheese, she called out, looking around. It's poor choices like these that got you to this point in time. A loud crack rang out. Detective Hagen let out a deep, strangled scream. Stop! Stop, goddammit, he yelled. Detective Behrens wasn't sure if her partner was yelling in pain or out of habit. She ran down the hall in time to see Arthur squirm through the window in the back bedroom. Hagen was collapsed on the floor holding his shoulder. Blood was seeping through his fingers. Go, get him, he yelled through his clenched teeth. Get the little fucker. Call for a bus, she called over her shoulder. She slipped easily through the window and took off after Arthur as he leaped over the chain link fence into the next yard. She vaulted the fence, already running as she closed the distance between them. Arthur looked back to see where she was and was surprised to find Lyra right on his heels. He tried to bring the pistol up just as she punched him hard in the face. She caught him mid-stride, tackling him as the pistol flipped end over end in the grass. That's for Hagen, she spit out, wrenching his arms behind his back and closing the handcuffs tight around his wrists as he squirmed on the ground. He spit out grass, twisting around to look up at her. You broke my fucking nose, you bitch. Yeah, you're having one hell of a bad day. She jammed a knee into the small of his back. What the hell? You taking steroids? Arthur whined. How you get to be so strong? Lyra pulled him up and grabbed his gun, pushing him back the way they came. She dragged him back to the small house and right up to the window, shoving him back through the same window. He landed with a thud. She easily crawled through and stood over him. Damn, lock me in the car instead. Why do you have to do me like that? Never use a door, he complained, rolling over and trying to stand. Lyra ignored the bitching and shoved him back to the floor. Shut up and stay there. The sound of sirens was getting closer. Move and you have a bigger problem. Lyra went to the bathroom and pulled a dirty hand towel off a plastic circle hanging from the wall, hurrying back to the room. 
Hagen, you okay? She asked, handing him the towel. Here, press this on your shoulder. It's the least questionable rag I could find in this place. Damn, Barons, you sound like you're worried. Makes me think I might be dying if you're concerned. He grunted, his face twisting in pain. Lyra gave him the dead fish look. Much better, he smiled. Now I know I'll be okay. Get a room, Arthur sneered. Lyra turned to him and delivered a swift kick. She stood there waiting to see if he had anything else to say. He gave off nothing more than the occasional whimper until a couple of uniforms came to take him away. Feel free to bounce his head a couple of times when you tell him to duck getting into the back seat, she said as they marched him out. The paramedics rushed in, hovering over Hagen. I can walk my own damn self out. Don't give me crap about policy. He struggled to his feet as the two medics helped him down the hall. I'll meet you at the hospital. Lyra followed them out and got into her car, turning on the lights and siren. Lyra waited at the hospital until Detective Hagen was stitched up and relaxing with green jello in his own room. This is the life, he said, lying back in his bed trying to fish out the last bite of jello with one hand. Lyra managed a smile. All the paperwork we're going to have to fill out for a flesh wound. I better enjoy this. He shook his head, slurping the square of jello off a white plastic spoon. I think the flesh wound is supposed to be the good news. I gotta go, she told him. Your wife on the way? He looked up and shrugged. Yeah, damn boss wouldn't let her off any earlier without clocking out. My fault, just a little. I told her all I got was a scratch. Go before she sees me and the yelling starts, he said with a wink. Lyra slipped past the nurse's station as Rose Hagen was demanding to know why her husband had to stay overnight. She thought about stopping to say hello, but when she turned to head in that direction, the desk lost its shape and the gold fireworks started again. Damn, it's bigger, Lyra whispered, frozen to the spot. She reached back for the wall to try and orient herself. Oh no, she said, as the middle section of the station disappeared altogether. The center of the oversized circle turned a watery gray. Her eyes grew wide and she instinctively rested her hand on her gun. Someone or something in the giant murky space was looking back at her. Not happening, she whispered, as she stepped forward to get a better look. The gold fireworks around the edges hummed. Hell, they snapped, crackled, and popped. This is a hell of a hallucination, muttered Lyra, as she put out her hand to see what would happen. Curiosity was always her go-to, even when caution was the same choice. But sanity was clearly checking out, so why not go all in? Whatever it was felt large and squishy, more solid than she expected. Hey, said a startled nurse, trying to write a tray of small paper cups filled with medications, bouncing around on the tray. Lyra's hand was resting on her boob. The nurse's station was back where it belonged, and the opening was gone. No more sparklers, just low fluorescent lighting. Sorry about that. Lyra quickly removed her hand, was trying to point at something. Make something up on the fly always ends badly for me. She tended to stick closely to the truth, but she had never faced trying to explain her own crazy before. Next time, ask before you touch, the nurse ordered. Lyra gave her the dead fish look. Not really my type, she said, trying to make a joke. The nurse narrowed her eyes. You should be so lucky. Into men, Lyra told the nurses retreating back. The nurses at the desk let out a laugh. Lyra nodded and waved, feeling her face grow warm as she headed down the hall. Crap. She found her way to their unmarked patrol car, a green Mustang, opened the door and sat very still behind the wheel, waiting to see if something else is going to happen. Nothing did. First step of going crazy is making an ass of yourself. 
She took some deep breaths and blinked a few times hard to see if she could conjure up the image. Nothing. She tried again. She needed to be sure. Blink, blink. So, this won't be like I dream of Jeannie. Okay, either I sit here or try driving, she said, starting the car. Always did love a challenge. Steady as she goes, brain. Let's see if we can get home in one piece. She pulled the Mustang onto the one-way street, tightening her grip on the wheel, turning up the music. I am not my mother. I am not my mother. Damn headaches. From behind her, there was a hum and a pop. A pinhole appeared between the cars in the first row, widening until it was large enough for the two tall elves to step through. Swirls of light surrounded them, making them invisible to the few people parking their cars or walking through the parking lot. She can see us, said the older of the two elves. An elven crown held down in a great silver hair that was tucked behind pointed ears and flowed past his shoulders. His words sounded like a stream of music floating on the air. It would appear so, the younger elf replied. He raised a long, slender arm, trailing thin streams of colored light with every movement, and traced a half circle in the air with his right hand. A baseball-sized orb of violet light with a glowing yellow center bounced in the air in front of them. Go, sang the elf. The violet ball zipped down the street in the direction of the Mustang that was turning a corner a few blocks away. The light slipped under the back fender and stayed there, glowing softly as the car drove out of sight. She's well suited to our needs. A detective, right? Asked the royal elf. They call her a homicide detective. You know what it means, don't you? That she can see us? The energy within her is strong. Stronger than it should be in a human being. Stronger than it's been in this world for thousands of years. Thirteen millennia ago, there was a short pause. That could prove to be a problem, the older elf mused, looking around at the buildings and vehicles lined up on the street. First, the murder. Now this girl can see us. Something is not right, said the younger elf. One thing at a time. Be glad she can see us. We need her help. His face spasmed with anguish. My son is dead long before his time. Someone will need to pay for it. Time is running short for answers, I fear, your majesty. Then let's get on with it. The younger elf sang a single loud note. The hole widened again, and they stepped back into the glowing portal in the middle of a parking lot. No one in the lot noticed, but they all suddenly thought of the same song. La da da da, sang an orderly on his way into work. Ode to Joy, beautiful symphony. Wonder what made me think of that. Ode to Joy, oh man, that's the thing to die hard, dude, said his friend, humming the same tune. Best Christmas movie ever. Was thinking about the same song. Weird, huh? Coincidences, gotta love them. Yeah, you and me, the orderly smirked. We're like twins. A low hum behind them went undetected as the hole disappeared and a last spray of gold flashed and sparkled on the dark pavement. And there you go. That was Martha Carr. Reading the Revelations of Orisern, the Lyra Chronicles, Book 1, Waking Magic. Man, that was fantastic. I'm going to pick one up right away. Hey, don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Uh, give us a rating wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. And, uh, you know, thank you again for coming back every week. We'll talk to you again real soon. Bye. <laughs>